If you're feeling awkward about being on video, it's often because you don't feel like what you're about to say is valuable. Hello, entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Laura L. Bernhard. Welcome back to the Marketing Bound Podcast, where we offer inbound marketing tips to get you more traffic, more leads, and more success. Stephen G. Pope caught my attention on LinkedIn with a short video. I saw that he helps entrepreneurs with their content. And let me tell you, he knows what he's doing because I ended up watching a lot of his videos. They're so good and informative. I knew I had to get him on the show. So in this episode, Stephen reveals the most important component of any video content. The real reason many people are too shy to record on camera and what it really takes to create content consistently. For content creators and anyone who wants to create content, this episode is for you. Hi, Stephen. Thank you so much for being on the Marketing Bound podcast. Hey, Laura. Nice to be here. I'm super excited. So for everyone who doesn't know Steven, just open up your TikTok and follow him immediately. Okay. (laughs) He has 15 second videos that are more useful than most long podcasts. Okay. (laughs) So everyone, (laughs) I will link it in the show notes, but please, please, please go follow him. I appreciate that. Steven is a content creator and he is awesome at it. And I just want to demonstrate how powerful content creation is. And I just saw in one of your recent TikToks that you got a $5 million client. No. Oh, so so what that was, was that it was a $5 billion company hired. Company that hired you. Okay. That's impressive. Which I thought was cool just because most people think of TikTok as this place where like it's just people dancing and stuff and nobody (laughs) thinks their target market is there. Right. And I've already, I've already secured lots of business from like entrepreneurs who are my typical client, right? So like professional uh, service firms, consultants, agencies, that type of person. And so, but then when I got like a a big, huge corporation that, I don't know, market cap or whatever, uh, revenue, $5 billion, like reached out to me, just some guy in this company. And then I ended up getting hired by them. I thought that was like crazy and pretty cool. It is crazy and pretty cool. Because that means they saw your videos, they trusted you, they liked you enough to reach out, and now you have like a contract together and you're working together. So yeah. I just want to know, did you ask them like what videos they saw or kind of yep. their their process on how they reached out to you? Can you explain yes. that to us? Yeah, so I, I did ask. And, and one, of, one of the videos that helped me get quite a bit of business was, was really a video where I kind of broke down like the Gary Vee model. You know, where you take a video and you break it up into all sorts of different pieces of content, which is what I do and what my clients do. And, you know, I had some music behind it to make it kind of energetic. That's what's kind of cool about TikTok too, is you can add the music. And then I was just literally just on my whiteboard. Yeah. And so what's interesting about it is like my funnel isn't even as clean as I want it to be. It's like a website that's several months old. It's not updated as, as to what I want. And people would just, watch the TikTok, they would go to my website and they would then book a call. And then I was getting so many calls that I actually had to start filtering people out because there were I was getting some people in there that weren't serious or they didn't really have the budgets in terms of like what how I help people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was as simple as that. And um and and they would often tell me like, oh, I was just going to bed and I just I went there, you know, I go to TikTok to get entertained and then I saw your video and I was just blown away at what you were talking about. So it was just it was as simple as that. 
Exactly. And that's the power of content creation. And I'm so happy that you mentioned like how powerful TikTok was because I've been telling everybody to just start TikTok, like just get on TikTok, no matter what industry you're in or anything, just try it. It's the best platform to get organic reach these days. Right. Probably the only one really. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and not to diverge too much, but it also is, is helping me grow my YouTube channel because these other platforms are trying to copy TikTok. So yes. I, I have had better organic reach on YouTube because of my TikToks. Because um, you use shorts or because you're yeah, directing because, people there? Yeah, because of the shorts. Okay. So my my normal long form videos, like my podcast and my live show, you know, that could get anywhere from like three views to like maybe 200, where I've had several shorts that have gotten like 10,000 views. Yeah. Which, which I was just not used to. And then I doubled my subscribers in less time, like in just a few months, I've been able to double the subscribers by just sending those same videos over to YouTube. I think this is also telling on, on getting on trends when they're still so young. Right, right. Yeah, because it's not going to last. Exactly. So now, like, now is the time to do TikToks and shorts. And for anybody who doesn't know, shorts are basically TikToks, but on YouTube. <laughs> right, exactly. So a lot of people repurpose them there. And I know you repurpose your, your content on LinkedIn as well, which is how I found you. And I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, I have to reach out to this guy. This is amazing. Because I also saw in one of your shorts or TikToks or one of your short videos that you have a framework on how to prepare for these videos. Right. And you start off with how do you want the viewer to feel after they watch the video? Right. And I absolutely love that. Yeah, it's the, the $5 rule. Yeah, it, it's because here, here's the, and it's funny too, because that's the most important part. And most, a lot of my clients, they skip over that piece um, when I'm working with them first. And I, I see they wrote the script out. I'm like, oh, but you forgot the most important part. It, you know, it's just like, it's just like a thesis in a, an essay, right? You got your topic sentence, like something that we all learned. And it, when we all learned that and executed it, our essays got 20 times better because it was just like you focused the energy of what you were about to say. So all I tell people to do is like, think about the person that's watching your video and you want them to say, wow. Because here's the thing about content is that everybody says, do content, do content, do content. And yeah, committing and starting to do content is the first most important part but then it has to actually be good, right? So that's the next step. You committed, now it's like, okay, now it has to be good. Maybe your first couple of videos aren't, that's fine, but you, you wanna to commit to making good videos. So you want people to say, wow, I'm really glad that I saw that video because that's when people share it, that's when people like it, that's when people comment on it, and that's when things actually work, right? I, I just say, make sure that the viewer says, wow, now that I've seen this video, I know to take this action or not take this action. And this has made my life better in this way. And I now feel better in this way. And so I just literally walk through that. It's not what I say in the video, but it's the takeaway that the viewer has. And then once I start to write the video, I can be really razor focused on what I'm supposed to be delivering on because I have a goal in mind. So I hit, all, I can basically look at it. There's like a little checklist essentially. That I can look back and say, okay, my video hits all these marks and I, I know that it's going to achieve what I wanted it to do, or I have a better chance at it. Yeah. You have like, you, you have a built-in filtering system basically, right. where you, you have that 
what is the wow factor? What do you want them to take away from this video? And after you create it, you can go back and say, have I accomplished this? Exactly. And I, I don't know if anyone does that. Like I've talked to so many people (laughs) and not a lot of people do that. So I think that's super key, especially when you're just starting and you're not sure how to navigate the whole content creation system. Yeah. I think that's super important just to remind yourself, like, this is why you're doing it. I think it's like the most important thing because, uh, yeah. And then, um, and I, and most people don't. And so I, I don't write those statements out anymore, but I probably wrote like a couple hundred of them before I stopped. And I also have that other part of the framework, which kind of tells you the order of, of your message. And I don't use that anymore either. But every time I sit down to make a video, it's so burned into my head that I, I just kind of know the order of things. Because you've just done it so many times. It's like right, your right. default. Exactly. And so some of my clients, like, they're like, oh, I hate writing scripts or I do. And I'm like, yeah, I understand. Like, you don't have to do this for long. I say that. (laughs) Yeah. I say that. Although I think I encourage them to do it as long as possible Mm -hmm. because it does take some repetition. At Um, least 200 times. At least 200 times. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I probably, I went on way longer. I mean, maybe I should force my clients to do it longer. Maybe. uh, Yeah. But uh, because it's such an important part of the process. I, I think it is. And I think that's, I don't know, so overlooked in terms of the content creation process. It's it's more like, let's just see how many things we can create. Like, it's okay. Because there's kind of this misconception where like quantity over quality, I feel like that comes up every once in a while when that's not what you're trying to aim for. You're trying to aim to have effective videos if you're going to spend time on them. I don't know. Right. That's my opinion. Well, it's true. The quantity thing is, I, maybe maybe people make it too simplistic. It's quantity is good because you get practice. Yeah, and you're ne- and you're not you're not going to be good in the beginning. Well, some people are. Some people are just naturally really good. Um, but you need the the quantity to get good. But the emphasis is not quantity over quality. It's quality or it's quantity to get to quality. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a formula. Yeah, and you need a lot of up. You need a lot of up at you know bats. You need to like hit a lot of hit a lot of balls before you're good. Yeah, and I know you have. Uh, sorry, what were you going to say? Oh no, that's it. Okay, because I I know you have like this morning routine, your content morning routine. Everyone talks about their morning routine, like their yoga and stuff. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I like your routine, so I just have it written here. You do ten minutes to create like some kind of video. So I'm assuming that's your TikTok. Oh, oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. The routine, like my weekly routine to get content out. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. 20 minute podcast and then a 10 minute live. Mm -hmm. So you do that every day? No. So I do the, I do one TikTok. I'm starting to do more TikToks per day. But it's addicting, but yes. Yeah. And plus I've just like, I've seen some of my clients grow really fast and that's what they're doing. So I'm like, oh, I want to grow. Some (laughs) of my clients are growing faster than I am. And I was like, hey, wait a minute. This isn't right. Uh, (laughs) A little bit of FOMO there. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, hey, wait. And then uh, beside the point, you know, I make one TikTok or two or whatever that is. And then I do a podcast, one podcast a week, and then one live show a week. And then I try to guest on one podcast per week. And so the total of that content creation time, I, I'm trying to keep that at like t- to two to three hours a, a week, which I, and, and the reason why I summed it up that way is because I think 
if you believe in content, if you believe it can work, which it totally can, then that's a reasonable amount of time for e- for even like some of the busiest CEOs to be out there basically speaking on behalf of their companies. And I made that video in particular because a lot of people have seen my videos and they're like, whoa, you must be making content all day long and do nothing else. And I was like, actually, no, I'd spent about two to three weeks making content and the rest of my time is helping my clients and being with my family and I have a pretty cool life that way. I think it's also the determination, right? Like you make sure you spend two to three hours a week on it. Whereas people procrastinate, people are like, oh, right. what do I need to do? Like what's happening here? There's a, there's a lot of overwhelm with content. Mm-hmm. Like so what are your people... tips to reduce the overwhelm? So everyone's different. So what I end up doing is I just get very granular with what the blocker is. So I start very general. I'm like, hey, you, you need to make a TikTok. This is how you do it. I think people have a harder time with that type of content. Like people seem to, I, I seem to be able to have an easier time coaching people through to launch a podcast. Because I don't know why. I think it's just like a little bit different type of pressure. They've, they've already talked to people so they can get through that a little bit easier. But I think when people have to look into a camera and deliver a message and then they're going to do it every day, that's a hard thing. So I will say everyone's a little bit different, right? One of my clients jumped into it and was creating two to three videos a day. And I was like, wow, okay. I, so that's one thing. But what it is, it's like, I'm just always asking, like, what is the, what's blocking you? You know, what's getting in your way? A lot of the time it's just, they're not scheduling the time or they, they feel like they can't generate the ideas. It, you, to be honest, it really comes, usually comes down to making it a priority. Because if you're rushed, like if you're like so busy, you're one of those people that's just so so busy, you're bouncing around from thing to thing. You got to stop and like articulate yourself. Mm-hmm. And you also don't want to, and then you're, people are also very self-conscious, so they don't want to look dumb. So if you don't want to look dumb and you are not articulating yourself well, then it's not going to go well because you're going to be self-conscious and you're going to, there's a lot of people that just don't feel like what they're about to say has value. And so one of my, one of my tips is like, if you're feeling awkward about being on video, it's often because you don't feel like what you're about to say is valuable. That's a great tip. Yeah. So I say, okay, well, that's what the script is for. It's to help you articulate yourself so that you really feel like it's valuable. And then once you feel confident that your message is like valuable and it's going to transition somebody from one place to another, typically people start to open up a little bit, but you need the time, you need the focus and you need to give your mind some creative space. If, If it's being bombarded by notifications and all this stuff, it's going to be really hard. So it's re- I'm usually just di- diving into those things. Like what's really the cause of the blockage for you to just kind of start to adopt this? Yeah. And I, I love what you said that people don't feel confident in front of a camera, but it's not necessarily being in front of the camera, but they're not confident about what they're about to say. Right. And that's so telling of... Yeah, now that I'm thinking back, that's probably why I was insecure about some videos as well, as I just wasn't sure of the content. And it's probably because exactly. I wasn't thinking about the viewers and what they needed in that wow factor. Yeah, you gotta, you, so you have to envision them. So some people, it's literally a physical thing, like they think they don't look good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can work on that. You can make yourself look good to the best of your ability. We can improve the lighting, we can make everything as good as possible. But then, it, then you also have to feel comfortable in what you're delivering. You know, if you're extroverted, a lot of those people, they just get on 
they have no problem getting on, but the message is just garbled. It's mm-hmm. like, I can't, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea why I would want to watch this video. So that's one problem that we can solve. But if you're more introverted and you really, really, really care about what you're about to say and like the perception of you, and then you have to articulate yourself in such a way that you feel like you help somebody. And, and the best way to do that is, is by defining, it's not the how-to information that actually makes it valuable. It's, it's the fact that you created a gap, a, an intellectual understanding that there's a before and an after of what you could, what you are now and what you could be. And then once you've done the articulation of that's the value, it's like separating where someone is to where they want to be. And then the how-to information is the bridge. So the how-to information is important, but if you don't articulate why it's important, then nobody's going to care to listen to the how-to information. Such good points. And I just want to, I want to touch on this before we run out of time. I know you have a lot of systems in place, a lot of automation, all that stuff. And we don't have time to go into them in detail. We would be here every week for the next six weeks. (laughs) We could do another episode. I think we would need one just for that because I love your videos on them. But I just want to address I don't know. Is there one that you have that when you explain it to people, people are just like, what? That's possible. (laughs) I feel like sometimes people don't realize the power that automation and those systems like that they hold. They just, people just don't know what they don't know. Right. 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 And that's, that's one of those things. Do you have one of those systems that you can share with us right now? Well, one of the ones that I, I did a TikTok on this and one of them was how I turn uh, my one TikTok and and how I distribute that to like eight different platforms. And most of it is is automated. And so I'm I'm just trying to like break down the, the process. But essentially what I'm doing there is just making it so that each step along the way is mostly automated. So when I'm done with a TikTok, I can just drag it into a Google Drive folder. There's a process called Zapier that comes in, grabs that video starts to do some processing with it, actually sends it off to another another company called Descript, which will do a transcription because places like LinkedIn, for instance, they you're you're also supposed to write something as well. So, and then it, you know, it goes into this this other system that I have called Airtable. And what Airtable is, is it's kind of like a spreadsheet on steroids. And so then Airtable starts to track back the uh, the URLs and the locations of where all these files are on the Google Drive. And so once you start to really categorize and, and track all of this data, now I can start to manipulate it and use it. And so then, then in Airtable, I duplicate some entries so I can distribute it to the platforms where there's no text, like YouTube Shorts and like Instagram Reels and all these other places. So it's just kind of, from that point, it's pretty ready to go already. And then for the places like LinkedIn, we get the transcription back I do have to do a little bit of like cleanup on that because those aren't ever perfect. Um, but then it's ready for those as well. And so there's a little bit more going on there. I also send it off to um, a company called Design Pickle, which is, uh, they make graphic art. So it sends it to them so that they can make a thumbnail for like YouTube. So little things like that. So all of that work, it like so if you were doing that manually every day, you would not want to do it because it's very painstaking and annoying. And uh, so what I did was like, hey, I want to do this. I also have a technology background. My my first company was a technology company. So it's easier for me. But 
I just wanted to remove all the rocks in the shoe. Because like that's the way I, I look at it. Content is not easy. Mostly because it's there's all these little annoying things. There's files and videos and documents and slide decks and all this stuff all over the place. And so if you can remove all of the friction, then I can either spend my time doing something else or I can just outperform everybody. And I can make that choice and I can just kind of keep adding on and just do more, you know? I love it. And it's also, part of it is commitment. Commitment to figuring out the system that works for you, which a lot of people just kind of shove aside and they're like, oh, I don't have time for that. But you put in that commitment and then you shared it with everyone and everyone's like freaking out on LinkedIn now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you, I had a, a massive commitment. Yeah. Like I, I started seeing people like Gary V. So when I got into content creation, I didn't, I mean, I actually built my previous company uh, before I sold that. I built that largely on thought leadership content, but mm-hmm. it was like blogging mostly, right? Oh, so people yeah. would find our blogs and stuff. So I, I knew how to do that, but I had never done like the social media, podcasting, live shows, micro content. But when I saw, when I went to launch my next company, I saw people like Gary V talking about it. And I was like, wow, this is cool. And I just was like, hey, if if he can do it, I think I felt like he was a pretty genuine person. So I didn't feel like it was like a like a trick to get me to buy his course or something. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. He doesn't sell a course, right? So I believed that he that this worked. So I didn't know exactly how to do it. And so I just I got committed, like serious. It started off with just a single LinkedIn post every day. And when did you start that out of curiosity? That was like um I think it was like 2020. Or no, 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 must have been 2019. Anyway. So before COVID? Yeah, slightly before okay. COVID. Okay, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. So like two years ago, because we're in 2021 now that we're recording. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what year is it again? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I have to remind myself as well. It's almost yeah, 2022. But, <laughs> yeah, and I, I'll admit, like even posting on LinkedIn every day was was really hard. Mm-hmm. It is hard. A, tech, a text post. But I just kept gaining the skills and the confidence. And then I started doing videos and it just kind of kept snowballing. And there were a lot of times I wanted to quit, quite honestly. Just because like, like when you're first getting going, you don't always necessarily see the result that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also trying to figure out what my new business was all at the same time. So that made it a lot harder. I think people that if you have an established business, it's easier because your content's going to be more targeted. The trouble you'll have though is that you have all this company culture that won't adopt this. So you have, you're going to have a different... Because I, I I very rarely see existing companies get into content. It's either like a big brand or it's like somebody that started off as a single person, grew their brand, grew their company, and then was like, well, that was pretty cool and then kept it going. I, it's hard. I don't see as many companies that, you know, that are currently successful that then get into the game and do it really well. I'm trying to change that because mm-hmm. I think that's going to be their disadvantage very quickly. Yeah, but, um, the next few years, they're going to be finished. Well, not finished, but they're going to fall behind for sure. Yeah, I mean, there will be a, a certain time where they may be finished, but maybe, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be two years or five years, but like this is where people get their information now. So Yeah, and that's that's a great way to end this episode. Just like, hey, if you're not making content, like it's time. <laughs> yeah, and to add to that, I've been, this has been in the back of my head since we we started talking, but... I mentioned how my website is kind of out of date, right? Mm-hmm. You go to my website, it's not going to actually... I, I have plans to change this, but 
Uh, if you go, it's going to like, it's not going to represent exactly what I do. But so what I think is so fascinating about that is that people spend all this time on their websites trying to make it perfect, make it super cool. But when you're develop, making video content, delivering it on social media, you're building a rapport and trust with people in their home on their device. And so when they go to your website, they're not even reading it. They're like, they already wanted to talk to you to begin with. And so it's a pretty fascinating way of of changing how, just what you even prioritize. Like, yeah. I hate not having my website updated. Like, it really bothers me. But when I look at my priorities, I'm like, you know what? I'm closing lots of deals without even doing that. So it yeah. changes your perception on what's even important. Because your content creation is demand generation. People just exactly. want to work with you because they know you already. Right. They trust you. They know you. They're like, yeah, I'm sold. Stephen G. Pope, that's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even like when we started, we started talking at the beginning of this. It's like you are—he had already watched several of my videos, and mm -hmm. and we already had something to talk about, which I think is so powerful. Yeah. So for everyone listening who are already sold and want to and want to work with you, how can they find you? Yeah, probably the easiest place is to go to my website sgplabs.com, and uh, don't read anything there. Just just <laughs> just book the call. Or wait a week and I'll probably update it. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, if you if you type in uh, Stephen Gregory Pope, I think you have to do... If you type Stephen G. Pope, I should pop up there. You can find me on TikTok. You can find me on YouTube. I'm really spreading my my wings pretty much everywhere. It's kind of like a a goal I have to build this machine. That's you know my my goal is I'm gonna I'm gonna beat Gary V. <laughs> I, I wrote a I wrote a LinkedIn post that I'm coming for you, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna. I hope he you responded. Better, you better be on your toes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's a great goal. I will be looking out for that and supporting you every step of the way because I love your stuff. I'll cool. link thank you. all of your socials in the show notes so that Appreciate people that. can find you. But thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. And if you want to do another one just like on content automation, we can do it. Yeah, let's definitely do it. Cool.